0: Welcome to My Mate in HR, The Career Sessions. Today we're talking to Carla Reese, who is a senior staff nurse at Phyllis Tuckwell at their hospice care at home uh, department. Um, Carla is obviously a qualified nurse and she's come to talk to us today about her career journey and to tell us a bit about how she's ended up where she is today. Um, so thank you for joining us, Carla. Thank you. Nice to see you. Excellent. Thank you. Hi. So would you mind just starting off by telling us a bit about your career journey? So where did you start, kind of school, before school, whatever works, and then where we got to where we are today?
1: Yeah, will do. Well, I was never one of these little girls that dressed up in a nurse's uniform and wanted to be a nurse from when I was really little. Never really was on my radar, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Bit of a sort of misspent youth, left school with a couple of Cs, didn't really do too brilliantly. Messed around for a few years, just doing loads of different jobs, admin, reception, retail, nothing really significant, never really found the thing that I wanted to do. And then sort of early 20s, I thought, "Mm, probably should do something with my life now. Um, So I went to college, did um, access course, and then um, sort of thought about applying for uni. And in the meantime, in that sort of year gap, I um, got a job as a care assistant in a nursing home. Which is another story. It was a very, very quaint place. Um, they actually wore hats. And I worked as a care assistant. And uh, to be honest with you, I had no idea what the job actually entailed. I mean, I just thought I was going to be like fluffing pillows and getting old ladies' cups of tea and stuff. So when it came to like the nitty gritty side of things, the sharp end, I was a bit like, what? So I have to, you know help them with washing and stuff so it's just like okay right this is completely different to what I thought but anyway eventually I settled into it and I really really enjoyed it and I thought hmm, I think I might apply to do my nursing so that was I don't even want to say how many years ago But basically I qualified <laughs> in 2006 um how long was that um,
0: course sorry How long was the nursing course?
1: Three years. So it's a a three-year course. Um, Neither do a degree or a diploma. At the time, I did a diploma because it was just financially more viable because if you do a degree course, the um, bursary that you get is means tested. So I couldn't really afford it because, obviously, I was a bit older and my parents weren't supporting me and all that sort of thing. So I went for the diploma. But there's actually not that much difference in terms of the qualification. The qualification is exactly the same but now they're making it more of a degree programme. Well, in fact, I think they've stopped the diploma. Okay. But it's really made no difference in terms of career development or anything like that. So qualified in 2006, worked on a respiratory ward for a couple of years, then went to work in intensive care, worked there for a few years, then just in between having kids and stuff, worked in a private nursing home, then I worked in district nursing, and then I really, really enjoyed palliative care when I was doing district nursing. So thought, okay, let me, um, also we came into contact with the hospice care at home team as well while we were doing district nursing and it kind of crosses over a little bit. So I applied for the um, hospice care at home team and then thought, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be really sort of a bit more relaxed and all that kind of thing, palliative care. And then pandemic happens, which changes everything and makes it a lot more complicated and stuff so they decided to set up a um night team as part of the hospice care at home so i helped set that up because obviously they didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic how busy we were going to be talking about sort of taking pressure off the um 111 service and all the kind of surrounding nhs services so set up the night team it's been really successful it's been great because um in certain areas of sort of sorry and Hampshire, there was no support overnight for dying patients. So it's been really well received and really kind of a needed service. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a healthcare assistant overnight, uh, which they're a massively great support. They're a brilliant load of healthcare assistants, they're really experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we visit patients overnight that need us really. Um, anything from just a bit of support to symptom management to verification of death liaising with the district nurses and the one-on-one service um yeah and i love it and it's great and it's really rewarding Super. so that's
0: that <laughs> awesome. so so in terms of because you've obviously worked in you know as a i guess as an outsider you hmm. know you talk about intensive care you talk about palliative care hmm. i mean these feel like you know almost not you, you kind of go apart. wow they're big like yeah that's huge How, what i mean what you've obviously not shied away from what Probably for most people, would feel like the most difficult side of nursing. <laughs> so, what, what, where have you made those decisions, and what is it that's drawn you to, you know, I guess, do some of the more challenging stuff?
1: Um, I think with when I went to work in intensive care, it's more of a natural progression because the ward that I worked on was quite acute. We had patients on non-invasive ventilation. We had really unwell patients, and we had a sort of high-dependency unit within that ward. Um, And to be honest i just started working on the respiratory ward because that was where i had my final placement as a staff as a student so it was kind of like oh well i'll just apply for this ward because that's where i've been as a student and i didn't think i was going to like it but i actually really enjoyed it and it was quite a good mix of acute care and chronic um so then i thought well natural progression because i've worked in a ward that's got a high dependency unit is to work in intensive care so i went to work in intensive care Um, But it it is poles apart from what I do now, and I really enjoyed my experience there, but I think it's not something that I would have wanted to do long-term or progress to a sister's level or anything like that in intensive care because it's just, it's, it's so intense and it's so, you know, basically you can do everything for someone and you just throw all this stuff at them. And I did sort of wonder at the wisdom of it sometimes because I used to think, just because you can doesn't mean you should Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of sort of moral kind of dilemmas and things in terms of you know whether you progress with giving someone treatment or whether you withdraw and all that kind of thing so it was just it's not something I would have wanted to do long term because it's just for that reason really Mm -hmm. and also I didn't feel like you've got a chance to build a relationship with patients and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah
0: I mean you're resilient I guess you know from, an, from I've obviously met some of your your fellow nurse friends yes <laughs> but, you know I have to say one of the things that really struck me was you've all got very good sense of humours but you're also very resilient people mm. I, think, I mean what do you think if somebody who's thinking about going into nursing what do you think on the personal side of it are kind of the attributes you need to have this type of career?
1: Okay. um, Well, the first thing I would say, if you're thinking about going into nursing, remember that the money isn't very good. Okay. So (laughs) I do see things all the time on the news of newly qualified nurses. Oh, I'm really poor. Okay. But what did you expect? It's well known that nursing is is not very well paid. So you can earn quite a bit, and you can earn quite good money with enhancements and all that kind of thing. But generally, as a sort of newly qualified nurse, you won't earn very much. So don't go into it if you want a career that's going to be really, really well paid. Um, So that's number one. (laughs) And number two, don't go into it based on anything you've seen on television. Because it is really not (laughs) like (laughs) that. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you won't end up having a really exciting, smouldering affair with someone. I mean, the junior doctors are too tired. And the consultants are not interested in talking to you. So, you know, I'm not so saying that happens, but. You're saying it's not to, like
0: Grey's Anatomy? No, sorry. <laughs> and it's not like Holby City.
1: I mean, obviously, there are similarities in the fact that there are sick people, but that's kind of where it ends. <laughs> and there's a bed and maybe some oxygen, but that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't go into it based on that, because it really is completely different to what you would expect. I'd advise people to work as a healthcare assistant before they even apply to be nursing because that will give you a really good grounding. Okay, it will let you know whether you can handle some of the spikier ends of the job. Yeah. Um, you might have an idea of what you think nursing is, but you won't really know until you spend time actually looking after a patient and doing the sort of personal care side of things. Yeah. Because um, you could find that you are completely exposed, like completely opposed to any sort of body fluids or anything like that you might think you can handle it but when it actually comes down to me you'd be like no that's it no can't deal with that I mean I'm not saying we all love bodily fluids but obviously we are able to put up with them as part of the job (laughs) so (laughs) definitely work as a healthcare assistant Mm. and work as a healthcare assistant in loads of different areas like across the hospital don't just think that you want to stick to one area of nursing um, so yeah, basically, work as a healthcare assistant get a bit of experience, and then it's a great career, but it will you'll be sink or swim for the first six months. It's like when you learn to drive, you don't learn to drive until after you qualify. And it is really incredibly stressful, but you do get through it. And hopefully you have a great team of nurses around you, and everyone's got a brilliant sense of humour and all the rest of it and are very supportive. Mm-hmm. But yes, first six months as a nurse, pretty stressful you'll wonder why you did it but after that you'll find your your place that you want to be and you'll find your sort of comfortable spot and you'll you'll get into it so it's a great career but it's not an easy career yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and you've obviously because obviously at the moment there's a huge focus on the nhs with what we're going on with covid Mm -hmm. but but obviously you've moved out of the nhs yes yeah because obviously you're working with phyllis tuckwell i mean what because you've obviously, as you say, you've kind of done the NHS, you've done district nursing, you've done, yeah. you've done a pro, what, I guess, what are the experience of nursing in those different environments? Does it feel very different whether you're in the NHS or somewhere else?
1: Yeah, it feels very different from the NHS to a hospice environment. Um, for my team, we do have quite a lot of autonomy in terms of how we will kind of care for a patient. And um, we do liaise with doctors, but basically we are able to make our own decisions and um, be our own kind of practitioners and all that kind of thing um it's a bit more i mean obviously you work within a framework of what you meant you know rules and regulations and all the rest of it but it's a bit more sort of free and easy in terms of how they run things whereas i think the nhs is very much sort of stuck on tick boxes and algorithms and all that kind of thing whereas mm-hmm. well definitely with palliative care you can't be a tick box person it's very much every every person is individual the way one person dies is going to be completely individual to another person symptoms are going to be different family is going to be different Mm -hmm. social situations are going to be very different so it's it's very much sort of a a free-flowing thing in terms of um, patient care I would say whereas I think NHS is much more rigid and and I'm not saying that everything is a tick box within the NHS, but there is a lot of tick boxing and there is a lot of sort of rules and regulations that you have to stick to, whereas hospice care is a bit more sort of free-flowing and individual.
0: And is there is there what, what would you say so far as being your sort of career highlight?
1: Um, well, definitely this job is is the best job I've ever had. It really is. Um, it's so rewarding being able to make sure that somebody has a good death and i know that sounds really weird probably it's not something you've ever thought about in terms of of dying you just think of it as being a really sad thing and it is a really sad thing but you can have a good death and i've seen some really lovely experiences of Mm -hmm. being able to you know help somebody to to achieve that at home and it's just it is it is an amazing thing really so I can't really pick out any individual cases, obviously confidentiality and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But I have had some experience of some lo- really lovely deaths and it's, it's been incredibly rewarding.
0: Yeah, I guess to know to to know you've paid, played a part in that yeah,
1: yeah.
0: important moment in someone's life. Yeah. Um, and the life of their family as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, with the COVID thing, one of the things that I think certainly struck me was you know people not people being isolated in hospitals Mm -hmm. and not being able to yeah not having that kind of yeah being it being very lonely it being and you know that's almost something you you almost as a again as somebody who feels like there's probably not a lot I can do about that no you almost can't think about it too much because that that's just
1: yeah it's really really not a nice thing and we obviously are kind of um our caseload and everything has has increased because of covid and the fact that really the only people that they would want in hospital is the people that are really incredibly unwell and that they're able to sort of save and and treat so it has led to a lot of people being discharged for end of life care at home not necessarily anything to do with covid but probably quicker than they may have done previously mm-hmm. um and obviously there's restrictions within the hospice as well in terms of visiting i mean they still allow visiting in the hospice but it's not as kind of free and easy as is at home in terms of people being able to do things. so it has increased our caseload definitely
0: mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned um obviously you decided to go into nursing mm. you know um, having done a job that you thought was going to be slightly different i mean What would be, is that, would you describe that as your career defining moment, that moment you had the uh aha, or was there something else where you're like, this is it, this is, I now know this is what I'm going to do and this is my moment and that's me on this pathway?
1: Well, there was, the the point when I worked as a healthcare assistant was a sort of career defining moment in terms of wanting to go into nursing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of knowing that I wanted to go into palliative care was definitely um, being involved in a good death. Um, with someone at home but that was part of the district nursing team and I was just like this is this is the part of nursing that I really love and enjoy and passionate about mm-hmm. and I had that kind of eureka moment when I helped somebody um, at home and they were able to die and have a good death so then I was kind of thinking right well if I love that part of nursing so much why don't I just go into palliative care so yeah I it was it was when I was in district nursing but it led me to want to work for the hospice
0: okay and yeah I mean that's and and kind of palliative care is that something because again not being in that type of Hmm. world is it is you sort of do you tend to find people are either really drawn to it or it's a I guess you know it's either something you're really passionate about or actually it's probably not the right place because it can again I'm assuming it's very it can be very difficult if you're not able to approach it in the right (coughs) way
1: yeah i think um i think you're drawn to it if you work in district nursing and obviously in hospice care but i think in hospital unless you work in oncology or something like that it's not really something that you're particularly drawn to and deaths in hospital are all, always completely different to deaths at home or deaths in a the hospice they're very because the focus is so much on saving someone when somebody isn't going to be saved and can't be saved it's it kind of feels a bit stressful and a bit rushed and like not saying that they don't know what they're doing but it's not their area of expertise and it's not something they particularly want to do it's just something that's happening Mm -hmm. so yeah it does feel very different hospice hospital and hospice care very different sort of cows of fish and yeah I would say I've definitely had um, nurse friends of mine saying I don't know how you do it I couldn't do it it's not something I could ever do etc so yeah I think you either are or you aren't Mm
0: -hmm. Um, if you were to tell me, you said you were, you said you were a bit um, you had quite a f- fun time when you were younger. If you were to <laughs> yeah, phoning up your eighteen year old self to give them uh, kind of you know some life tips or some things to think about <laughs> other than put the drink down or uh... <laughs> oh no, okay, yeah. What, what would my life tip be? Yeah, what would you tell your 18-year-old self if you could talk to them now? Oh, I don't... It's difficult, isn't it? Because I suppose all the stuff that happens sort of,
1: like, happens for a reason and, and leads you to what you're going to be, doesn't it? Um, Probably would say drink a bit less, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably it. Drink a little bit less. Still carry on drinking, but maybe a few less drinks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: for people listening what would be your top kind of career tip for anybody kind of wherever they are so what's what's something you've learned through your career that you think is just really important that people should know i think
1: expect the unexpected yeah don't have too much of a fixed idea about what you think things are going to be or need to be um think your top priority has to be the patient and patient care not sort of what you think something should be it's always about the patient it's always about focusing on the patient um nobody ever died from not having a wash that's if you work in hospital look we it's there's so much routine in hospital it's like oh we've got to get everybody washed okay but if you're trying to focus on saving someone the focus has to be on saving someone not whether something's been a routine has been followed nobody ever died from not having a wash Um, but yeah definitely expect the unexpected (laughs) keep an open mind and just have a really good sense of humor because you're going to need it
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. And and what sorry what are your um plans for the future
1: well at the moment i'm doing um a palliative care course um it's the european certificate in palliative care so i'm doing that and i'm in the middle of doing an essay and it's incredibly stressful and then i've got an exam and an OSCE and all that kind of thing So I'm going to complete that. But I think I definitely want to stay where I am for the moment because I just really love that kind of hands-on aspect of Mm -hmm. palliative care. Potentially, I might think about clinical nurse specialist role or something like that. But um, it's definitely staying within hospice care. Um, I couldn't imagine ever going back into the NHS. I mean, never say never, but it'd have to be a particularly fantastic role that was definitely palliative care based. Mm -hmm. But yeah stick within the hospice, finish this course, yeah maybe clinical nurse specialist in a few years but I'm not quite sure, mm-hmm. I think I've missed that on that aspect.
0: So um, I guess what we normally we bring it to an end here but actually what would be great is, would you just spend a minute or two talking a bit about Phyllis Tuckwell and what and for people who don't know who they are <laughs> or what they do it'd be great just to kind of talk a bit about them. Yeah, yeah.
1: so Phyllis Tuckwell um, cover sorry and North East Hampshire. Um, they cover a massive area. They do loads and loads of different things. It's not just about going somewhere to die. There's um, occupational therapy. There's physiotherapy. There's counselling groups. There's living well groups where they do things like um, cooking and floral arrangements and all that sort of thing. The focus in, in is is living, really. It's not about dying. It's about you know, every day is precious and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're living with a terminal illness. You don't have a terminal illness. You're not dying from a terminal illness. You're living. So there's just tons of stuff that they do. And it's not just about end of life care. Of course, that is part of it. But we support people throughout the whole journey. You know, they might come to us five years ago and we support them through the whole journey of their terminal illness, um, right from sort of when they're very well and they're able to walk around right to the end. And then the care doesn't stop afterwards. We do, like I've mentioned, counselling services. They do um, counselling services for children and young adults and obviously bereavement counselling. So it's, it's a massive organisation in terms of the stuff that they do. It's not just about end-of-life care. Mm. Um, but That side of things, they do very well, but they also do the supportive stuff very well.
0: You know, I love what you just said that it's living with a terminal illness yeah. it's not about yeah uh, it's about living uh, that that's amazing I hadn't really yeah yeah that's amazing I hadn't really thought about that at all and, so. it, and if people want to find out more about Phyllis Tuckwell they can go to the website um Phyllis Tuckwell is always doing stuff so Phyllis Tuckwell is a charity I believe and and um, it relies on support in order to keep going and doing its amazing work. So if you have an opportunity, please go and find out more about them and see whether you might be able to support them in some way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I should have said that really, shouldn't I? I was, <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the
1: main thing I said. They are a charity, but um, it's not a private organisation in terms of the, the people we get there are usually referred from the NHS and everybody is is an NHS non-fee-paying Patient. Yeah. Um, and it's all sort of completely free, but yes, we rely on donations and fundraising events and all that kind of thing. I think it was twenty five thousand pounds a day just to run all the services that we need. And we only get 20% funding from the government. So obviously, if you're really good at maths, that's 80% that needs to be (laughs) 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 by fundraising. Yeah, so yeah, twenty five thousand pounds a day is what we need to run the service, and we only get twenty percent from the government. So yeah, yeah. If you're I able know, to go in the shops or do any fundraising events, share all the information on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Get all the, get the word out about our service. That's
0: brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. We will definitely make sure that we we spend some time letting people know about it. Thank it's you. amazing, and um, just thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Um, it's as I said, for most of us, I think it's. It's something we're aware of, but mm. it's not something you, you you know, unless you're in it, you just don't know about it. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. To hear what you do and how you got there. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been brilliant to hear about your journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Okay.
1: Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.